Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It's a pleasure to be able to record again today, and uh, Britt and I are here and uh, thinking a little bit about this past Sunday and the coming Sunday uh, together, kind of connecting the Sundays. Uh, in just a little bit, uh, we'll have uh, Jared and Taylor Reed on the podcast with us, and they're newly married and figuring out life together, and they've been an incredible blessing to the church. Um, but Brent, uh, if you've... you've had some moment to uh, have, not a, a moment, you've had some time. I was combining two little things together. <laughs> I've, had, I've had so many moments. <laughs> some You've had some <laughs> moment um, to, to kind of reflect on this past Sunday. So what would you kind of like to bring to our attention and, and share with us uh, the podcast today? One thing I think I would really would, would go back and stress and that I would just want to Going through John, you know, we're going through it at a solid pace. You know, we're really, I think we're trying to to honor the text as well as we can. And one thing that I think would be helpful if somebody's going to go back through and read the Gospel of John, maybe this week, is to note all the spots and the certainty, uh, the chaotic things, the things of the world, but uh, the certainty uh, of which Jesus knows the hour that he's come. He knows. He knows this road is leading to the cross, and John's about to pick up steam heading towards Jerusalem. Uh, and uh, that's what we're going to see coming up actually next week as well. But Jesus knows the intentions of that crowd. He knows why they've come to him. Uh, he's already evaded them once, but they are a persistent persistent bunch. Uh, they've come to him again, and in the synagogue, he uses an opportunity. He gives us this incredible truth uh, to come and to, to eat of Jesus, uh, to eat and drink of him is to, to come and believe in him. Mm-hmm. And that's that great confession that Peter gives again at the end of, uh, that, that rallies his purpose, you know, uh, this clear confession statement, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy one of God. Uh, so it, it leads to this climactic scene and yet the people are heartbroken. They leave. He didn't have to evade them again. He gives them such a load of truth uh, a reflection of their hearts, their hardened hearts, that they walk away from him this time. And he does that because he knows it's not yet his appointed time. That's what we'll see next week. That that statement happens so many times for the Gospel of John. In John 7, 6, we'll see, he says, So Jesus said to them, My time is not yet here, but your time is always opportune. And he, he knows the time. There's a certainty with God that is, I believe, of the most hope-building, and all believers should believe, uh, is of the most hope-building truths that we can rest upon, of uh, whether it's uncertainty with finances or uh, relational conflict or you know, uncertainty with school, degrees, whatever it is, uh, that we have a certain God, uh, the certain God, that we know, that knows us, that loves us, that, that we're being transformed by His love. Uh, we rest in the gospel, and there is a certainty to life that ought to give us a confidence even in the face of, uh, of uncertainty. Mm. Well, I've got the blessing of being able to talk with Jared and Taylor. Guys, thank you so much for talking with us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, I wish I could have you like in the same room, but this is kind of what we got right now. I can see you and we get to talk. And uh, so thanks again for, for being willing to, to take a little time to, to talk with us. Um, 
Can you guys tell me a little bit about how you ended up at Grace Bible Church? Yeah, so um, I started coming to Grace my freshman year of college, um, which was fall of 2015. Um, you know, it was it was kind of sporadic for a little bit. Um, and then once I started serving um, as a leader in refuge, um, it became a lot more consistent. And I uh, got plugged in with the Thursday night college community group. And that just kind of took off from there. Yeah, I um, started going to Grace in 2014. Um, I lived right down the street from the church. And at the time I was driving to a different church across town by myself. And then I met some friends who went to Grace and I was like, oh, I'll just walk over there and see what's going on. And kind of the same situation, I just felt like it was a good fit. I was super welcomed by our community and just personally fit there. And, and I've been there ever since. So it only made sense because we were, when, once we got married, we were already both going there individually. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so how long have you guys been married? We've been married since November. Uh, so five I guess, months. yeah, five months, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was there, so it's not like, you know, it's funny because I ask these questions that a lot of times I know the answer, but it's it's for the benefit of all people. So it's like, <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, so so five months being married, um, did you, I guess, did you guys meet at the church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so she would say that we met at Crosspoint, uh, <laughs> I guess the spring of my sophomore year. Um, but I don't remember that. And so, um, I say we met in the fall of my junior year. So just the next semester, uh, at the hurricane Harvey, I guess, relief that we did. Mm. Cool. That's awesome. Um, and so, uh, you guys have, uh, so like we just said, been married for about five months. How have you maybe been ministered to by maybe other couples in the church or people to kind of come alongside you or how have you been challenged by, you know, just kind of other people you've seen around you that are maybe are a step ahead of you uh, in in life? Yeah. So, I mean, we're part of soup group, which um, isn't just young married couples, but it's a lot of young married couples. Um, And so getting to, um, do ministry with like the Knowles, uh, the Coes, um, the Hayes. I mean, I think the, I can sit here for a couple minutes listing off names. Uh, but I think we had a really solid group of friends um, from college that were all able to um, find jobs here in NAC, and we all found spouses. Um, and so it's been really cool because we've just been able to um, carry that friendship along. And so I think for us, um, you know, we have friends that have been married for a couple of years who have babies now. Um, and we have other married couples who, um, have grandkids. And so I think it's just been really cool to see the, I guess, the multi-generational aspect just in our small group. Yeah. I think also before we were even dating, we were both, um, pretty involved in like the multi-generational community. 
Um, and so we were both separately friends with the Austins and kind of got, um, I don't know. We just saw like how they were able to love each other and love their kids yeah. um, from our own point of views. And so just, and, and like I said, the list can go on and on about, you know, who we saw. And I think that's what's so encouraging. It's like, we can have such a long list um, mm-hmm. of people that we saw together and individually um, of how they love each other and love their, their children. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what we get to see in the church is that, um, you'll get like close to some people for a time and then you'll kind of get close to another people, you know, another group of people for a time. And the Lord kind of provides exactly who we need for different seasons. And it's kind of cool to see how even in you know, the five or so years you've been here, um, you've had different people kind of be a part of your life and kind of lead you through different seasons. And the Lord will continue to do that. And that's a, uh, that's a great uh, grace that he's given us through the church. Uh, so if you could maybe kind of dream up where you would love to see our church kind of grow in and, and, um, maybe take next steps in what are kind of some areas you would love to see us kind of grow in mission, um, in our church? Yeah, I think the area I would love, um, just to see our church body to come together, um, it's just to grow in our diversity. I think you can just see people are in need. Um, and I think we can see in certain areas where that need is greater than others. Um, and I think just to um, see a church body that is already fostering that growth of, um, you know, supporting Regay Elementary, um, you know, Bobby with Refuge, having dinners, uh, providing dinners for the Nacogdoches, um, you know, basketball team. You know, it's so cool to see the foundation of that ministry. And I think um, to see that that growth, that fostered growth in those areas um, is, would be really cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, it, it is like a total Christian church thing uh, to pursue people that are not like ourselves or um, to lay our lives down for our neighbors and um, to, to, to pick up uh, our neighbors when they fall and, um, and our neighbors come in a variety of, of circumstances and lifestyles and all those kind of things. And so I, I'm with you. I would love to see you know our church grow that way. Um, and like you said, certainly grateful for the ways already that, that God has, has done that and uh, is continuing to do that in our body. Guys, I'm really, really grateful for you, grateful for your passion for the church and for, um, for your love for your community that the Lord has blessed you with. Um, that, that resonates. We see that. We observe that. We learn from that. And um, just thank you for, for being faithful. We love you guys. Thanks. We love you all too. Well, we've got John 7, 1 through 39 this week. And so we got 10 less verses to cover, but what an incredible set of verses that we have. Jesus, now uh, we've time warped about six months into the future, Stephen. So we've come up on the next feast and you got to love the feast, right? Uh, what a great reason to celebrate, to come together. And uh, I, I know we're feasts. looking for, I, hey, I love feasts. You <laughs> count me in. Um, but so, so six months have passed or so. And every one of these feasts is almost like, you remember those uh, old Mario Kart when you were a kid playing that game and they had these little 
turbo booster areas that made you go faster. You get the mushroom. Like kind of, there you, you go. go. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. That's kind of what the feast are. Uh, that might be the worst example of all time, but that's what the, the, the feast are in John, uh, whether it's Passover, the Feast of Booths or Tabernacles, uh, when they're coming together and celebrating God's deliverance from the wilderness, all of them become, you know, like like uh, engulf a master's tournament, you know, one of the big tournaments that are everybody's attention is on. So everything keeps building and building and building. And, and Jesus is going to give this incredible climactic statement about he himself being the those that believe in him gain life. They gain this living water that lives within them and then flows from them. And mm-hmm. and then John clarifies for us, speaking of the spirit to come. But I do want to clarify one of the points that I may not be able to do too well on, on Sunday. And that's that even the greatest minds cannot make their own way to the way uh, to Jesus. And mm-hmm. what I want to clarify in that, just in case I forget to do so Sunday morning, is we, we do not have a faith absent of evidence, but no mind, even the greatest of minds, the brilliant Pharisees or the the greatest uh, of geniuses today, no person can reason their way to God, that we are touched by sin. Uh, it's not an issue of intellect. It's an issue of the heart. Uh, it's an issue of, of sin impacting us and touching us. And, and nobody can be argued uh, to eternity. Nobody can be persuaded in that way. So we'll see that even in the first dozen or so verses that even Jesus's own brothers, uh, they can't be persuaded. They're not persuaded and they they grew up with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're not, their hearts aren't changed yet. And a matter of fact, James, Jesus's brother won't be converted until he sees the resurrected Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, this becomes a, a major shift. And we see in the book of Acts that he becomes a leader in the in the church at Jerusalem. And and he goes to his death confessing faithfully that, that Christ has risen from the dead. And, and I, so I want to be clear there that we don't just blindly, absently, randomly walk through life uh, and say, oh, you know, I, I believe, I believe. Uh, but there is an absolute dependency upon God to open up uh, any, anybody's bloodlines to the Lord and, and, and anybody from uh, any different IQ to the Lord. Uh, that the Lord uses conversations. He uses, he may use evidences. He may use different things, but, but we all need the miracle of being born from above. That's something we've got to catch, uh, in this text this morning or this, uh, on Sunday morning, or, mm-hmm. or I've dropped the ball for us, uh, in John seven at this big climactic feast. You know, I know this, this Sunday as well, we've got, uh, a new song that you're going to be leading us in. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, it won't be new for the pre-K kids, but it may be new for some of us adults. And um, and so we uh, we're intentionally putting some of that into uh, into the the service video because um, we want our kids to feel like they can sing and worship right there with their families uh, and that. And uh, the truth is, is that songs that our preschoolers sing are straightforward. You know, it's simple language, straight to the point, and it's really good even for adults uh, to sing that. Um, there's not a lot of extra poetic language, which is beautiful and helpful at times, but sometimes it's great just to sing straightforward, simple truth. And so that's what we get uh, in this. And so we're going to be singing this song called I Will Stand. It's one of the, the pre-K songs. And um, it's it's like uh, it's some of the lyrics from um, The Solid Rock. Um, that hymn that we that most of us know, and um, 
but yet just with simple, straightforward theology uh, and, and the, the words that we'll be singing. So so I would encourage you, we're going to have the motions up there. Miss Jenny's going to help us do the motions. And mm. I'd encourage you as a family to do the motions together. It kind of helps internalize the language. You know, That's why we do it with our kids. It does the same thing with us. So I say jump right in. You might feel silly, but your, your kids will be led and will be loved by uh, you setting that example there for them. So. It'll be sweet. Yeah. And, if and you're, even uh, if you're a single, like you got yeah. no kids or you're just there by yourself, like just do it. Just do it. Uh, what better time ever, when you're by yourself? Like nobody's going to see you. <laughs> you're Get right. Your Build confidence. On. You know, yeah. I remember being a, that reminds me, Stephen. I remember uh, being a kid and going to vacation Bible schools and things like that. And, uh, you know, I remember always before I would actually do the motions, I remember looking around to see the cooler, older adults to see if they were going to do the motions. And if there was yeah. ever anybody that wasn't doing it, you can better believe I was not about to do it. <laughs> yeah. But when some of those older kids uh, or adults were doing it, uh, you know, I was all in. I was wanting to be all in, but it was it was seeing those those people, and I, I'm sure they didn't just have a passion for doing those motions. But they, but they did it to lead, uh, and and so even if you're, yeah, even if we're in our home by ourselves, uh, hey, jump on in, get out of the comfort zone a little bit if you like. Yeah, you and your roommates, whatever. Like I, I have, I have hopes and dreams that I see. Like in my mind, I'm seeing 24 year olds together doing motions. This is amazing. Like a, what, a, what a, what a dream. But uh, it'll be a, a sweet time. Thank you again, church, for for being faithful to participate in this and jump in with this. It is unique. It's different. Um, but I'd say press in, you know? It's not a time to, mm-hmm. to retreat, not a time to kind of get jaded about it. It's a, it's a good opportunity to, to press in, and, and in a challenging way, uh, we get to do that together. So um, it's our encouragement to you. I can't wait, Stephen. Stephen. 